Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, January 18th. Coming up, how Kansas City is trying to help unhoused people hang on to their belongings. But first, some headlines. Only 78 intensive care unit beds were available in the Kansas City region as of last Thursday. According to data from the Mid-America Regional Council, about 40% of beds were taken up by COVID-19 patients. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas said on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday, the city is focusing on getting more people vaccinated rather than attempting another universal mask mandate. We're facing challenges because there is a substantial amount of misinformation out in the public about if vaccination is important, if it's good, if it's free, what it does to you. Lucas said 80 to 90 percent of people in local ICUs have not been vaccinated. For the second year in a row, Kansas City Restaurant Week is happening during a pandemic. Food blogger and former chef Carlton Logan says a few restaurants are offering delivery menus, a safe option for diners that comes at a cost for restaurants. Most of these services charge more money to the restaurant. So some people don't tip because they say, oh, I'm mad because DoorDash is, you know, taking money away from the restaurant. Logan says the week is an opportunity to attract customers, but he worries packing restaurants during a COVID surge could put workers at risk and leave businesses short-staffed. He said most restaurants are doing all they can to keep staff and patrons safe, so customers should return the favor. Kansas lawmakers are expected to start redrawing legislative, board of education, and congressional districts this week. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service reports the maps they draw will define political battle lines for the next 10 years. Lawmakers must reconfigure the political landscape to reflect the state's shifting population. Growing Johnson County will again be a focal point. It will likely gain a Kansas Senate seat and two in the House. It and neighboring Wyandotte County will also be at the center of a potential battle over the U.S. House District now represented by Sharice Davids, the lone Democrat in the state's congressional delegation. The Kansas City area district has too many people. Facing a similar problem a decade ago, Republicans tried to move a heavily Democratic part of it into the massive district that stretches from the Colorado border to just west of Topeka. That and other disagreements forced a federal court to intervene, something lawmakers say they'd like to avoid this time. Improved cellular service is coming to Midwest cities tomorrow as the nation's two largest providers, AT&T and Verizon, expand 5G service. But Daniel Wheaton reports the expansion won't benefit everyone. To make room for faster 5G service, providers will shut down older 3G networks by the end of the year. That will affect earlier generations of cell phones, some medical alert devices, and car security systems. Angela Seifer is the director of the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, a group that advocates for equal access to technology. She says the 5G rollout won't help improve access in rural areas lacking the infrastructure. 5G um, will not bridge the digital divide. I don't, I, I don't know if I could say it more <laughs> 
specifically than that. Uh, 5G will not solve the digital divide. Verizon estimates the majority of Americans with 5G compatible devices live in medium or large cities. This month, Kansas City introduced a new program to help homeless citizens keep their belongings. The program provides bins for storing items, which then get locked and stored near the city's homeless shelters and camps. KCUR's Carlos Moreno covered that story for us, and he's here with me now to tell us more about it. Hey, Carlos. Hi, Numi. So how does this service work? This is a it's a it's a pilot service. So they're still kind of working the bugs out. But right now, uh, two different people take a trailer with a pickup uh, that's loaded with these trash bins, these 30 gallon blue. They're, they're very much like recycling bins you would put out on your curb. They put them on a trailer and they drive them around literally to different homeless camps or different locations where they find unhoused people. And they ask them to uh, if they want to load their their belongings into these bins and they document the belongings. They take a photograph. They match them up with the person in case there's a question later on. There's a key uh, involved and the, the belongings are stored in these bins. They're taken to a separate location, which they won't reveal the, the location of. And they're stored uh, behind a fence and behind a locked building. And uh, the clients who use these bins can retrieve them on Tuesday or Thursday during a four-hour block of time. Why do people need something like this? Uh, various reasons. Uh, of course, for the homeless, for the people who are unhoused, they have all their possessions with them, usually on their back or in a bag or in a cart, and they can't take that stuff with them everywhere. I mean, obviously, getting on a bus with two carts full of stuff is almost impossible. Some bus uh, drivers won't even let them on if they're carrying too much stuff. Certainly if they leave their materials alone in a tent, they can be stolen. And it's very hard to navigate daily life with your when you're carrying all your stuff around with you. So it's a huge problem for, for just the unhoused. And why is the city offering this service? The city has a couple of purposes behind this. One, this is part of their their, their extreme weather plan, as they explained it uh, last week. And certainly with more people seeking shelter, more people trying to get off the streets in this kind of weather, they're, they're, the city is, is very anxious to accommodate that. But a lot of shelters only take, will only allow one individual to bring in one bag of their belongings with them. So sometimes that keeps a lot of people in their tents during this freezing weather. So this is a way the city is trying to accommodate some of the houseless people by allowing them to store their stuff and they can get into a shelter and get off the street and hopefully save some lives. How does this fit into other efforts to reduce homelessness in Kansas City? This does a couple of things. It certainly it, it focuses some of the efforts on meeting the homeless where they are by bringing those bins into the camps. They're trying to get the caseworkers to accompany people into the camps so they can meet their clients face to face, as well as when the unhoused come to collect their materials from some of those bins, they're hoping caseworkers can meet them there and talk with them and just see how they're doing, see if they're meeting their appointments, see if they're doing the things that they've been tasked to do as part of their efforts to, to seek housing or to seek jobs or get help uh, in terms of medical or, or financial or, or, or uh, mental uh, assistance. So 
so they're trying to do that. It's a way for them to have outreach. In other words, they're trying to outreach to these, to the unhoused with this program. But two, it also helps, they say, get some of the stuff off the street that sometimes becomes litter. A lot of times these unhoused people will have just so much stuff that it gets lost to the wind or people steal it or it just gets scattered on the streets. And they're looking at this also as an effort to to try to contain some of that debris that gets lost to the streets and, and just ends up being litter. How have homeless people reacted to this program? Uh, the people I've talked to initially seem very positive about it. This woman, Deanna Gale uh, Malloy Valencia, she's a, a sort of a mother bear to the homeless, and she had this to say. They don't want to leave because they don't want to leave. They don't want to lose what they've got. They've worked hard for it. Or it's their memories of their mom and dad or their grandparents. Deanna Gale Malloy Valencia, she's homeless. She's been homeless for about five years, and she tries to take care of her fellow unhoused people who live in a camp with her. And she felt very positive about these bins. So what has the public's reaction been to this story? Uh, I've seen a real mixed reaction to these bins from the public. Ben Burton volunteers with the homeless, and he seemed really positive about this uh, this effort. Most whatever we can do to, to help the, the people that are experiencing homelessness is yeah. what we need to do. Yeah. We need to care about these people, and they, they can't be invisible to us. And mm-hmm. um, I don't have the answers, but whatever we're doing isn't working. He works with them firsthand, and he sees how they have so much stuff and how that's an obstacle to them navigating their daily lives. And he thought this was a very positive. But some of the feedback we received from the public on the comments section of, of our, below our stories uh, seemed very negative. People thought this was humiliating. People didn't like the idea that the homeless are storing their stuff in trash bins. People suggested that, why can't we give them more than bins? Why don't we give them housing? So, and I think some people might be losing sight of that this is really, I don't want to call it a patch, but this is an effort to do something in this cold weather. And I think the city saw it as a way to to try to match some of the other efforts that they're doing in this extreme weather. So where did the city get the idea to do this? Wallace James with the downtown council did some research into other cities that are experiencing homeless issues like Kansas City. He found two cities that were not equals in our climate, but he did look at cities of Austin and San Diego, and they have very similar programs that use bins and store them in these large warehouses. And they seem to have a very positive effect in the city. They seem to be very well received in Austin and San Diego. And I've been to Austin and I've seen their homeless situation personally. And it's it's a huge, huge burden on the city. They've got large homeless camps throughout the the metropolitan area. And I know that this program was received very well there when they introduced it about two years ago. Carlos Moreno is a photojournalist and reporter here at KCUR. Thank you, Carlos. You're welcome. My pleasure. Some of the negative backlash against the bins has surprised the nonprofit Downtown Council, which helped put together the program. Here's Downtown Council Vice President Sean O'Byrne. We've received very insultive emails and texts and photographs, and it's a shame that uh, people go that direction, especially when we're talking about people's lives. Some people on social media have called the bins insulting and suggest the city should be doing more for people who are unhoused. 
This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez. To read Carlos's story on the storage bins, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app or leave us a voicemail at 816-235-8930 with your feedback. Tomorrow, we'll learn about the science behind hunting coyotes in western Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.